0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty of Creative Waffle. Today I'm chatting to Dylan Menges all the way from Ohio, USA. How are you today, Dylan?
1: I'm good, thanks.
0: How are you? Yeah, really good. It's nice and sunny. So, the first question is, what's your favorite logo and why?
1: My favorite logo. That's a that's a tough question, and I'll bet everybody or a lot of people answer that the same way. But that's a tough question. And my answer is going to be a little cliche because the first thing that comes to mind is the Apple logo. And the reason I say that is because I point people to that logo so often for its simplicity. And it's a good one to help clients understand the value of simplicity, but it's also a good logo. And and again, I, I would argue probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite because of the fact that the logo does not describe the business Mm. and that's also a um, valuable discussion with clients to 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 help them understand that we we don't have to be literal all the time and it also helps them understand or at least start to understand the value of how uh, a logo system the mark itself and then building that out into a system is something that takes time to develop, and so I, that's that's why I keep going back to the Apple logo over and over.
0: It's beautiful, isn't it? It's just such a, they like say, such a simplistic thing that doesn't solely represent that represent their brand. It's just, yeah, it's just a beautiful mark. Um, yep. Yeah. What is your number one place you go to when researching design?
1: My my number one place that I go to when researching design is, believe it or not, I I get outside. That's my number one thing to do. And um, probably not the greatest answer for a lot of people because it sounds so vague. But I really like to get away from typical sources like Pinterest or Dribble or, or sources like that. And the reason that I stay away from those has become a, a, a bit of a mantra over the last few years as, as I've retooled how I process design and how i approach design what i mean is i I avoid things like pinterest and and other typical sources uh you know uh, annuals advertising annuals um other other sources like that because those are finished pieces that were made by someone else's imagination under a different criteria than probably what i'm operating under so even if i'm if i'm doing a logo that has um a more universal theme, uh, something you know, incredibly simple. I'll still try to avoid looking at sources that will that will have already defined that under someone else's terms and criteria. I don't understand their, I don't know their criteria for starters, and I'm very reluctant to to look at things that have already been done because I feel like it, it doesn't help me. Think more broadly and deeply about the solution that I'm trying to create for my client. Yeah. That so, the, so the first place I'll go is outside, mm. and um, the second thing I'll do is again try not to look at visual cues as sources of in- inspiration, but I'll go back through the criteria that I know about the job up to that point and try to think about different ways of investigating that that again don't involve visuals directly tied to that so those are a couple quick approaches
0: i mean that makes total sense to me i sometimes look at things and think that oh that's that's how i should have done it but then it's obviously not the same brief and it's not the same same thing so it shouldn't be the same outcome um yeah when did you get when did you first get into design
1: i was three years old (laughs) um i'm kidding um kind of i got into design in the 80s when I was still in high school and I found myself creating a lot of typography, a lot of lettering on notebooks and whatever I could draw on. Mm -hmm. And I was always fascinated by typography. In fact, I was fascinated by typography even as a little kid. And I've been drawing since I've been a little kid. And somewhere between those two things, between the typography and the the drawing, there's always been a – I didn't know it was design, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I've – you know, over over the long haul, figured out that the two things are very connected to design, obviously. So, so um, it wasn't until really the eighties in high school that I started to make that connection and started to hear someone, art teachers, other people, making conversation around this thing of design and what that means, and, and then understanding things about product design because my brother is extremely gifted in in product design, so he understood design from a design sense long before it was defined as that. So. Between all that, um, teenage years going forward.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, everyone finds it sort of fairly young. Um, I'm the same as you. I mean, I'm only nineteen, but I found it sort of fourteen in in high school. So, yeah, it's it's nice to hear other people's stories and where they
1: where they got it from. Um, so, was it an aha moment for you, or was it just a, a thing that it developed organically?
0: Sort of. It was. It was more of a. Yeah, I sort of I took a class in graphic design, so it's. Uh, sort of a thing that developed into really liking logos from that. It's like a qualification, like a GCSE over here. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really know what graphic design was fully until I took this course. Um, and then I think it sort of expanded from there into certain qualifications and yeah, where I am now.
1: So um, I, before we get on too far, where do you go for inspiration?
0: Um, well, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm more of a Pinterest sort of guy and, and like design books. Um, but I, I really want to get out more and collecting like little things like raisin packets and, and things I might have on my desk. So mm. I've been inspired by other people that have that as well. Um, and I really, yeah, I really want to get out and collect more things and real life stuff. Um, so I'm trying, sort of to, trying to transition towards that.
1: It's always a process, man. Yeah. It never stops. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and you'll, your answer will change in a couple years and mine will I'm probably sure. be tuned up a little bit differently than, than what I tell you today. So it's all part of the fun of it, I hope.
0: I'm sure it will, yeah. And next question for you is, uh, what is your most used font?
1: Most used font lately is FF Mark. Have you heard of that? I haven't. I think it came from your neck of the woods, if I remember right. Uh, Eric Speakerman contributed to the creation of it also. And it's been out since 2014. And the reason it's been a go-to for me is, is because it, um, it's a good replacement for Gotham because Gotham got so worn out in the last several years. And Mark is beautifully built. In fact, if anybody's listening to this, it's really worth going to the FF Mark website on a desktop browser. They've done a fantastic job with that site. It's beautiful. Mm. But Mark is extremely robust as far as a type family. That's why I use it. I, I don't recommend any typefaces for clients that don't have a really huge family around built into them. Yeah. In other words, like, you know, I, I can't recommend a, a, a branding identity typeface to a client that has four weights and that's it. So a family like Mark like Mark has now has now has a condensed um, set to it and and again I'll I could blab on about it. I, I can talk a lot about types. Look, it's, you, have to, you have to cut me off, but FS Mark is my short answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to check that one out, actually. I just, you say that, if a, I, I just know it as Mark. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but someone in the last podcast yeah. recommended it and I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet, so we'll do it after this one. Um, so who's your design idol? Who do you look up to the most?
1: Design idol, man. Yeah. That's tough because there's so many, it's like asking a favorite logo question because there's so many great designers out there that I I get inspiration from. Uh, Speakerman's an example. I was just reading his, his interview in the design or the 99U magazine, the most recent issue. He's on the cover and uh, I love him, love him even more because he, he's a bicycle fanatic like I am. And, um, so, Speakerman's uh, an influence, and in, um, gosh, who else? Uh, Paula Shearer for her type yeah. over the over the long haul. I've heard her speak a few times, um, and uh, Sagmeister is a huge influence. I heard him talk last year, and uh, with his talk about beauty, and you know, I know he caught some some heat last year for some conference. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but he made some remarks or some gestures that were, that were um, offensive to somebody, I guess. But I, I was sorry to hear that because, to me, it doesn't tarnish his reputation as a, as a truly one of the greats in our time. And when he gave that talk on beauty, one of the best parts of the talk was towards the end of it, actually the end of it, at the Q and A. A guy spoke up and said, raised his hand, and he said. In so many you know, eloquent words, the guy wasn't being rude, but he said, for a guy who talks about beauty, I noticed that your presentation is not terribly well designed, and the crowd stayed very quiet when this guy said this. What I loved about the moment was Sagmeister answered this guy so gracefully and so eloquently himself, and he could have easily taken offense to that, Um, could have easily let his ego get get in the way. And, and really check this guy verbally but he didn't and he said again in so many words to paraphrase his response he basically turned around he looked back up at his presentation and he said you know you're right um it's not the greatest design and i probably could have done a better job at that thank you for, for sharing that I, that that makes a lot of sense or something like that you know he just he acknowledged the guy's comment was legit and, and, and the guy's comment was legit it wasn't a hyper design thing it was a very matter-of-fact presentation uh, but anyway, the way he handled that was, was another. I, th- I think, a, a, another piece of evidence to his character and just what a great designer he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, truly inspirational. I mean, his film that's coming out, the Happy Film, I really want to go and see it. I mean, it's not in the UK just yet, but it's. I'm really looking forward to it. When,
1: when is that release?
0: Um, I think they're showing it across America now, but I'm not okay. sure when it's actually released. Uh, hopefully it on iTunes or Netflix or something.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I think I saw a headline about it a couple weeks ago and haven't followed up. So
0: yeah, it might be definitely check it out. Yeah. What's the most valuable design book you've read?
1: Well, you're asking all the hard questions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> none none of these are easy to answer. That's a really hard question to answer. <laughs> I, 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 I'll say why it's, it's because so, there's so many great books out there there's, I get something from everything I read I always try to I always try to be a learner all the time and no matter what I read if it's an old book or a new book yeah I don't know if I have a quick answer for that one in terms of the you know the greatest you stump me okay
0: do you have a I that, got enough? Uh, a few favorite books that you, a few favorite of your books, few few of your favorite books can't speak today.
1: <laughs> wow, you're killing me. I I don't know if I have a, a, a quick answer for that, even to say a few favorites. Um, I, I feel like I need to read more often. Um, uh, this, the. The tangent answer here is that my wife and I have really pared down our stuff in the last few years, and including um, well, everything, but including our books. So we only have a we only have about um, about six or seven linear feet of books left, and so about three short bookshelves and books. I'd have to go up there and take a look and see what's there. I, I know there's a couple of Logo Lounge books, but that's not really a design book per se. It's just a catalog, right, of, of work. Yeah. And that's ego driven because I'm in a couple of them, so that's it's not it's not a good answer. Um, but I'd have to go up there and take a look. That's a great question. I know we're on we're on Skype, so I could probably like walk you through my, my house and, and up to that bookshelf and we could scan it. But might um, have to do a follow up with you on that one. Cool. So, yeah.
0: Um, well, the next question I have is is <laughs> a quite a hard one. Uh, what's your number one design tip? Number one
1: design tip? Yeah. Man, for 19, for 19, you're you're pulling out all the stops, man. You're you're not. There's, this is like a no mercy uh, interview in terms of difficulty. I, I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I th- I think the number one design tip. Actually, I do I do have a, a, a quick answer to this, but it's, it's uh, I feel strongly about it. Let's put it that way. Is I think the best tip you can you can use for design is to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And I know that might sound a little cliche, but I, I find that now, as much as any time in my career, if not more, that we are in this culture that is pervasive with an attitude that says, I know everything. Or if I don't know it, it's okay, I'll just Google it. Mm-hmm. And I'll and I'll get my 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 topical answer quickly or you know, just a surface-based answer very quickly. And I, I I think that's a very errant way to operate. I, and I I made a post on Instagram about this. Actually, the most recent post um, this month in May is this idea that every single job that we take on is truly unique, even if it feels like something we've done twenty times before. And I'm I'm in that place now where I've done things over and over. Mm. way more than 20 times for some types of jobs, hundreds of times. And I think it's all the more important because I'm in that position or if you're in the opposite position, you've never done these things before. In both scenarios, a little experience or a lot of experience, we still have a tremendous obligation to ask a lot of questions. It, it It can always do us good to sit down with that client and assume nothing and keep asking and probing to the point where they say, okay, I'm, I'm good. We're cooked. Fine. I'd rather, I'd rather get to that point in that conversation, in that relationship, than feel like I'm guessing at things at any point in that design process because I forgot to ask, or I was too lazy or I was too impatient or I, I was irresponsible and built a timeline into this project that didn't allow for proper amounts of questioning. All those things are our responsibility, but, Uh, To make a long answer even longer and we state the same, I know that the jobs that I've done that have the most value are the ones where I am am willing to slow down in our fast-paced world and say, okay, have I really built enough time for questions into this? And am I asking the right questions or am I just phoning in questions that I asked on the last 10 branding jobs? That's that's another question for the questioner. So, um, but you know, I have to say this to kind of restate things, but I'm really troubled by the culture that we live in that says, I don't need to ask. I've got it. I know this stuff. I'm, I'm 20 years into my career and I, and I feel like every job I approach, I have to see it with fresh eyes. And again, it sounds so cliche, but I can, I think I can prove the point at this point to say that. When I look at the catalog of work, I can point to those jobs and say this was one. I can look at that and say that was one that I didn't do enough homework on. I did something that worked out well, and it was a good design solution. But I think where this stuff plays out in terms of the questions that you do or don't answer, the deeper you dig into that person or that business and their goals and their dreams and their objectives and all the things that they want for this work, the more you dig into that stuff, it's, it's the more opportunity you have to find a really great idea. And I was just talking to a friend about this this morning. If, there are so many cases where we get handed a job and then we hear ourselves saying, here are my concepts as you lay things out to the client. And the reality is there is no concept there at all. It's nice design layouts and they're, they're truly well-designed. Proportion, shade, contrast, all that stuff's there, but there's no idea. You're just making design, and that's fine, and you'll get paid for it, and you, you'll have a career from that, and it's all good. But if you really dig harder into the, the story there behind that, or the, you know again, the goals, dreams, the aspirations of this particular piece of work or that person or that, that business, there's a good much better chance you'll find a nugget there that's really worthy of a concept and an idea That can be built into that. And so, before I sound like I'm so above whatever, I'm working on something right now that is truly a lettering job. That's it. There's no idea there. It's a nice piece of lettering for a client. I'm not going to say who. If you want to dig through my work, it'll show up there eventually and you'll see, yeah, it's a nice piece of lettering, but there's no idea there. It happens. And again, it's okay sometimes, but it was a, and I'm not saying it sounds like an excuse, it's terrible. But it's a very fast turnaround job. And like I said a few minutes ago, I did not build a timeline into this that allowed me the time to examine this. And the client's okay with that. And ultimately, I'm okay with it too. We both have agreed to this thing. But, But to be really clear, without a really strong idea there, it will always exist as a nice piece of lettering that solves a particular communication objective for that client, but it doesn't go really deep.
0: That's a great answer really love that uh, I'm going to leave it there actually where, where can people find you on the internet where can people say hello to you
1: uh, Mangus design dot, or Mangus dot design is my site so it's it's, it's a dot design um, it's a prefix name. or suffix um, and then Instagram at Mangus design or Twitter at Mangus design M-E-N-G-E-S design that's amazing yeah thank you very much for being on the podcast Thanks. It was fun. Again, again, great questions. Wow. You you rattled me. What can I say? (laughs) Uh,
0: It's been great. It's been great talking to you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Creative Waffle. Yes, the podcast has had a name change from the Logan Mark podcast to Creative Waffle. It just makes a bit more sense. It's been more catchy. And next week, I'm hoping to bring them out at breakfast time, hence The Waffle. Um, Also Waffle in English, British... Slang is long format for like chat and talk and being a bit talkative. Okay, people waffle. Um, I've probably the same around the world but just I've mean, only really heard it in the UK. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, if you'd like to check out Dylan, that'd be great. I mean it has been great talking to him. I really enjoyed all his wisdom and all his chat. Um I followed him on I've been following him on Instagram for a while now It's uh, it was good fun to finally sit down and talk to him thanks to Ben House for uh, recommending him for the podcast if you haven't checked out Ben's episode go and do that as well up in the same playlist I'm also on the internet go and check out bluedeer.site the creative pub of the creative waffle podcast It will get an update soon um, with a bit more work and uh, a portfolio update but you can find all the podcast episodes on there um, also on iTunes and YouTube if you are on iTunes it'd be great if you could give us a review If on youtube same same comment just down below um, and subscribe that'd be amazing thank you very much finally if you can share it with a friend that'd be incredible Um, the more people that know about it the the bigger it'll grow and and hopefully it'll be able to get sponsors and stuff on uh, to increase the quality of it and the more that we can produce so yeah thanks very much for listening and i'll see you in the next one